You're watching KCMI TV. Uh, so glad you could join us tonight. And uh, tonight our podcast maybe be a little bit different. I'm really not going to be touching on the prophetic at all. But um, I want to deal with something that as believers we all struggle with. And so um, I'm hoping that uh, what I want to release to you will help you in your walk with the Lord. Uh, I want to start off with a verse out of Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all like points, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And uh, I wrote down a couple of definitions that I want to deal with with temptation because uh, you and I as Christians, that's our greatest battle, is being tempted to do things or involve ourselves in things that are not of the nature of the Holy Ghost. And so a uh, seminary professor defined temptation like this. Temptation is the work of the devil to drag you to hell. Uh, and I'll give you a little bit more of a, an academic um, explanation. Temptation is an attraction either from within us or from without oneself to act contrary to the right reason and the commandments of God. And so um, we ask ourselves a lot of times, why, why are we tempted? Well, uh, temptation in itself is not a sin. Um, the natural desires and the appetites that you and I have are not sinful. God gave us these appetites, uh, the appetite for food. Uh, as long as, his, as long as our appetites are controlled by the Holy Ghost, they're all right. Uh, it's when the enemy gets a hold of our appetites and perverts them that we get in trouble. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being angry. It's a natural emotion. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. There's nothing wrong with sexual desire. Uh, it's something that God gave a man and a woman in marriage. But when the enemy gets a hold of it, he turns it into lust, turns it into perversion, pornography, all of these things. And then we get in trouble. Um, another one would be the desire for nice things. God put it in our hearts. He said, I want you to prosper. And he said, um, ask of him nice things and God would do them. It's when the enemy gets a hold of those desires for things and perverts them, they turn into covetousness. So in our walk with the Lord, uh, we wonder then, God, why do we struggle? Well, uh, it's because if we're not careful, we let the old man become resurrected. I've never believed this, that you and I as believers have two natures that live with each other. <clears throat> I don't believe that. I think <clears throat> that when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and he came out of that tomb, he did not come out with two natures. Paul said this, that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So when Jesus went into the tomb, he took your and my old nature and he buried it. And when he came out of that tomb, there was a resurrection anointing. And what came out of that tomb was not what went in, 
but what came out was a new nature in Christ Jesus. And so when we think of Jesus, um, we wonder about how he walked. And, you know, people say, well, you know, it was easy for Jesus to, to live the life that he lived because he was God. But we forget that Jesus left his God nature in heaven and he became flesh and he dwelt among us. And so the scripture I read in Hebrews says this, that Jesus was tempted or tested in all the appetites, the temptations that you and I are in, yet without sin. Here's the difference for Jesus. The temptations that came to Jesus did not come from within. They came from without because there was no sin nature in him because he was God in flesh. And so the temptations did not come from within out of a fallen nature because he was triumphant over sin. They were temptations that came from the devil from without to get him. Our problem is, is that we don't live a life sometimes where we keep the old man crucified. And so I want to touch on some things. Um, the book of Romans probably is uh, one of the most difficult books to understand, and yet I think it has the three most profound chapters in the Bible, and that's Romans 6, uh, 7, and 8. Um, and I, I want to read a verse out of chapter 7, Starting with verse 2, it says, For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But her husband be dead, then she's free from that law. So that she is no longer an adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruits unto God. And this is such a great scripture. So what the Lord, he, Paul is using a natural analogy here. He said if a woman is married, she has a husband, that as long as that husband is alive, breaks that covenant vow and goes with another man, then she's in adultery. So he's using an analogy here. He said, as long as our husband is alive, and now he's speaking in an allegory, he's saying that we were born into sin so that by the law of sin, we are married to the devil. And the only way we can get free from that, if you use this analogy, is that the devil dies. Well, we know the devil doesn't die. So what did the Lord do? Instead of killing the enemy who was our husband, he killed the woman. That's us. And the Bible said that when Christ died, you and I died with him. And that we left that nature in the tomb. And then when we came out with Christ, if Christ be risen from the dead, then we also risen from the dead with him that we now are no longer the same person. So we are not considered the breaking of the law when we marry Christ. And so when you give your life to Jesus Christ, this is the process through repentance and baptism, your old nature dies and you are resurrected by the power of Jesus Christ. And so when you are married to Christ, you are no longer considered in violation of the law because it's a different individual. God's given you a different nature. 
And so a lot of times um, we struggle in the church realm on how to live above temptation. We say, you know, I, I think all of us, including me, it's our greatest battle because we are, we are natural people with a spirit nature. And uh, I can tell you this, that when Christ came out of the grave and he came into the church, he did not move in with the devil. He does not cohabitate. And so when he moves into you and I, this is why the Bible says you and I have to be born again. Why? Because we have to have a nature that is free from sin. I think it's in 1 John, maybe the fourth chapter, it says, he who is born of the Spirit cannot sin. That, that verse messes up a lot of people because we say, well, we've been born again and we're Christians and why are we sinning? Because you and I at times, through our own acts of volition, allow the old man to be resurrected. He resurrects. It doesn't hardly take anything for the old man to be resurrected. Faith keeps him dead, but fear will let him resurrect. And any time we yield to temptation, we allow our own nature to come back to life. The moment that nature comes back to life, and this is why so many believers have a struggle in their walk with the Lord because they live in civil war on the inside because they don't keep the old man dead. So now they have an old nature and a Christ nature that wars against each other. So Paul here begins to speak and uh, he said, let me see if I can find where I have this uh, in the seventh chapter in verse 18. Uh, I love this. He said this, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for the will is present with me but how to perform that which is good i find not for the good that i would i do not and the evil which i would not that i do now if i do that that i would not it's no more that i that do it but sin dwelleth in me for i find in a law that when i would do good evil is present with me paul is addressing this thing and so what he's saying is, is that in my nature, my God nature, I desire to do righteous things. But he said, there is another law in me that if I'm not crucifying it, then what I want to do, I won't. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. One of the problems with the church today is that we want to rehabilitate the old nature instead of killing it. And this is why a lot of seeker-friendly churches have the style of message that they have and everything is because they're not looking to kill the old nature. See, a lot of Christians, they want the best of Jesus Christ. They want the righteousness and the, and the blessing of the Lord, and then they want the best of sin. They want the, the fun of, of, of adultery and the fun of drugs and, and all of those things, but they don't want to con have the consequences. No man can serve two masters. The only way you will ever be triumphant in God is if you're sold out to the Lord 100%, because every time you play with sin, that old nature in you, that old man, he resurrects. And as soon as he resurrects, he don't resurrect as an infant. He don't resurrect as a child. He resurrects as a full-grown man in battle gear that is going to try to destroy your soul. And so in the church world, and, and I've experienced in my own life as a younger Christian, one of the things that, that we try to do to live righteous for Christ is we 
I, I'm sure that most of you, and I've done this, you've, you've had something in your life that condemns you, and, and when you uh, participate in it, you feel horrible afterwards, and then, so then you, you tell the Lord, um, I'll never do this again. And I imagine a lot of you would agree with me. There's even been times where you think, well, I'll just promise the Lord that I will never do it again. And then what happens is not only do you do it again, but then you're under such guilt because you feel like you lied to the Lord. Why doesn't that work? Because there are laws in the spirit world that cannot be changed, just as there's laws in the natural. And... Um, Romans 8 chapter verse 2 it says for the law of the spirit in life has made in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death so we look back over our lives and as I'm talking to some of you right now you're probably thinking over this and a lot of people cannot figure out why can't I consistently be triumphant because sin is a law and so what happens is a lot of believers, instead of crucifying the old man, they think, well, I'm going to use my willpower. I'm just going to force myself not to do that. And so I'll give you an example. Um, if I had a bucket of sand here in my office today, and let's say it weighs uh, 15 pounds, and while I'm talking to you, I hold out that bucket of sand at arm's length, and I tell you that the entire time I'm ministering to you, I'm going to hold this bucket of sand up at arm's length. I'm willing that sand bucket to hang right there. But in time, because there's a law called gravity, the law of gravity says that bucket of sand is coming down. So it doesn't matter in my mind how much I say it's not. The law of gravity says it is. And all of a sudden, you begin to see my arm drop. Though my willpower says, I don't want you to, the law says it is. In the natural, or in our walk with the Lord, when we have issues in our life, weaknesses, it can be over money, it can be over anger. Uh, in the church world today, and especially in America, we have a problem with controlling our appetites of food, and we're unhealthy. Whenever those things happen in our lives, and we know that they're negative, the Bible says this about we're the temple of the Holy Ghost and not to defile it. So we don't want to indulge in anything that would defile the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we, we realize that we need to stop this, and so we think in our minds, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. But see, the problem is sin is a law. And it doesn't matter how much your willpower is or how strong it is, eventually the law of sin is going to overpower your willpower. Why? Because the will is not a law. Sin is. So how do we overcome it? Well, the Lord spoke it here through Paul. He said, the law of the Spirit has made me free from the law of sin. So the only way you can change a law or cancel a law is create a higher law. So when Jesus came on the scene and he came out of that tomb, what did he do? He released a law in the spirit that says it's stronger than the law of sin. And so you will always, in the old man, like sin. 
A lot of Christians think, well, I should evolve to a place where I don't like sin. Well, in your spirit, man, you hate sin. But if you do not live in a realm of the spirit, this is why the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is why the Lord is teaching us that in order for you to be triumphant in God, you cannot control the old man. You have to kill him. As long as that old nature surfaces in you and I from time to time, we will continue to stumble and fall. But when we live in the Spirit, that's why John said, as many as are born of the Spirit, they cannot sin. When we are born of the Spirit, God gives us triumphant victory over the powers of darkness. Um, the Bible says this, in Corinthians, it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away, and all things uh, become new. And so, um, Romans 6, 5 says that we have been planted, or we're identified with Christ, hallelujah, in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so... This idea that, well, we have to wait till we get to heaven to be free from the old nature, that's not true. There is a place in Christ. And one of the reasons the church is so weak today is we live in such a world of temptation. Uh, you know, when I read you in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, I think verse 15, uh, the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all like points as we were. Uh, I think in, the, in, in theology, I don't think Jesus was ever tempted by homosexuality uh, simply because that really wasn't an issue in his time. Uh, I don't think maybe he was ever tempted to shoot heroin in his veins. But what he did, he dealt with the root of temptation. And because there was no old nature in him when temptation came, it did not come from within, but it came from without. That's why he had such power over it, is because that thing, he said this, he says, Satan has nothing in me. We live in a day that there is so much temptation in our environment. And so now we have a church that we're tempted through the movies that we watch, uh, the television that we watch. We're tempted by the advertisements that we see. We're tempted by everybody has some kind of screen, an iPhone, an iPad, a computer, and it's constantly uh, assaulting our senses with all kinds of stuff. And we live in a time now to where when I was a boy, we went to church three and four times a week. You didn't go on vacation if revival was happening. You didn't plan a family reunion and miss Sunday morning and Sunday night. Why? Because we put Christ first. We now come into an environment to where we want to live for God in this triumphant way in the Lord, but we want to go to church. Most Christians, I think they say statistically that the average Christian goes to church two times a month. You can't keep the old man dead two times a month. This is why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is a place in God that you can live triumphant. And it's not your willpower that is, but it's when you allow your spirit man. Um, 
you're, just because you're born again doesn't make you triumphant. Having the nature of righteousness also must be accompanied with authority. Authority is based on your maturity in the Lord. Someone that doesn't read the Bible consistently, you don't have any kind of prayer life, uh, you're spasmodic in how you go to church, you're not going to have any authority. So when the enemy comes in and begins to tempt you, you can't say no because there's no maturity in you. That's why Paul said an heir, as long as he is a child, he's no different from the servant of the house. Why? Because he doesn't have any maturity. What the Lord is doing right now in this nation, in the church, and around the world, he is raising up mature believers that we operate in the spirit man because when your spirit nature is the dominant nature in your si inside, when the enemy comes in to test you and to tempt you, the law of the spirit cancels out the law of sin and it no longer has dominion over you but the bible says this we are more than conquerors through jesus christ who has loved us and so today as as i leave this with you um the only way you're going to live triumphant in the lord is you're going to have to every day paul said this he said i die daily he wasn't talking about natural death because we know he lived to be quite old he wasn't talking about his spirit, man, because spirit is eternal. He was talking about this old nature right here. He said, every day I kill that old man so that he cannot tempt me or there be a place that the enemy can rule in my life. This is why I try to start my days in prayer is because I want my spirit man to be alive and I'm taking the sword of the Lord and I'm killing the old nature. And so as I leave this with you today, I want you to remember this. You will never, ever stop sin with willpower. You can do it for three months, six months, but eventually the law of sin is going to come back and take dominion over you. The only way that you can live consistently and triumphantly in Christ is there has to be the law of the Spirit in your life the new nature of Christ that cancels out that law of sin and the nature that you have in Christ, then when the enemy comes to tempt, he has no success because there's nothing in that nature that appeals to that. And so I pray today that um, this short Bible study would have helped you in your walk with the Lord. Um, listen, you can be strong in the Lord, sell out to God, Serve the Lord with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. I've always said this, if you'll serve God hard, it'll be easy. And if you serve God easy, it'll be hard. So till I see you again, I, I pray the blessing of the Lord upon you. Now, um, in just a few days, uh, we got a great event coming up, our 4th of July event. I believe that God is going to shift something in the heavenlies. And 4th of July, I believe something's going to happen in the United States of America and in the earth. I believe that this is a global release of the Spirit of the Lord. Also, August 26th, 27th, and 28th is our ministry conference uh, for everyone who 
uh, feels a call of God in their life. You can be full-time in ministry or you know there's a call and you're wanting to be released into that. This is the conference for you. We've got Dutch Sheets and Kevin Jessup, myself, Dr. Hans Hess. It's going to be a marvelous time. Uh, we're going to be on location at a hotel. Meals are included, so go on to our website, Regeneration Nashville, and register for that. And, of course, you know, the fall, we got a great conference. We're getting ready to open up the registration for that. So uh, watch for that. Uh, God bless you. I love you. Thank you for taking time uh, to spend with me as we broke the word of the Lord. Till I see you again, may heaven smile upon you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.